Good morning, church. My name's Pastor Jamie, and first wanted to say a happy Mother's Day. Uh, we know that this day can be a loaded holiday. Uh, and so we are thankful for all of you women in here, uh, wherever you are in the journey, whether you're someone who's grieving loss this year, or somebody who's waiting for a miracle to happen, or whether you're with your mom, or you are being treated like a queen that you are today, uh, I want to say happy Mother's Day. We are with you, and we love you. Amen? Amen. So we are starting a series on the Holy Spirit. Why are we starting a series on the Holy Spirit? Number one, um, I've never done a series on the Holy Spirit before, and, and I want to learn. Uh, and the deeper reason, I think in this season, after the year that we've had, um, I, I just got to say that if I'm honest, I'm tired. Anybody else feel tired? Uh, if I'm honest, I'm frustrated. If I'm honest, I'm tired because especially this last year, like Christians are, are living life, but it doesn't really look like they're living any differently than their neighbor that's right next to them who's not a Christian. I'm tired because it feels like people are walking around, people who follow Jesus, people who are devoted to the word, uh, devoted to prayer, are walking around with what seems is very little power. In this life. I'm tired because at times it feels like the church is losing. Big church, not our church. I'm tired because the church is tied up in politics and opinions that are dividing the church rather uh, than being encouraged by the faith that people see in the church. It's actually causing some people to deconstruct their faith. Like instead of people looking at the church and going, "Woo, that is amazing. I want some of what they got. They're looking at the church and going, is this what following Jesus is all about? Because if it is, I don't know if I want it. Like what I see going on over here isn't all that endearing to me. Does anybody else feel that? I'm tired because, you know, if you want to grow a church, you can have a, a decent speaker and a good worship team and the right lighting and the right ministries going on and the right things, and people will come and flock to your church, right? To come for a service. But I'm tired because I don't think that's what any of us want. See, I, I want the church to grow and to be something because it is powerful. There's something unique happening in the church, in the expression of Jesus here on earth. There's something countercultural happening in this place where people are starving, people are thirsty, and their needs and their hunger and their thirst are being met by Jesus. See, the church is supposed to be the place where the spirit is moving, where the spirit is active. 
where the Spirit is alive. The church is the place where all these gifts come together, where we see miracles happen, where we see lives changed. Where we see people who don't know Jesus get to know him and have their lives absolutely transformed by the gospel and by the Holy Spirit in their lives. Church is supposed to be a place where the scared are filled with boldness. Where the people that formerly life was all about them and getting what they want are Their hearts are now changed and they are open-handed and generous with what Jesus has provided them. Church is supposed to be a place where people step out in faith. Where they trust and they meet that trust with action in their life, real action. I don't know about you, but I'm preaching this because I need some hope. I'm preaching this because I need to be reminded of who the Holy Spirit is and what his role is in our lives. And I just have a bunch of questions in general. Can I get an amen? So, we are going to take on this topic over the next few weeks. And this is an invitation to lean in. I don't know what your experience has been. I don't know how much you know uh, about the Holy Spirit. If you're anything like me, like you've had some good experiences, you've had some like weird experiences with people, like the experiences are across the board. Maybe you're walking around and you're sitting here and you go, I have a great idea of the Holy Spirit. I fully understand who he is theologically. I fully understand who the Holy Spirit is and how he plays out in our lives. Or maybe you're sitting around going, I've never even thought about this before. Like I grew up in a church. We never talked about it. Uh, we never even, op- like there's a couple things in the Bible I think about the Holy Spirit, but I don't really know. Like for a lot of us, it's this area that's this just kind of like thing out here, right? Like we haven't really paid too much attention to it. We know something is happening. We know Jesus said something about it. We know something about like this Trinity idea, but we don't really fully grasp what the Holy Spirit is. And we don't really grasp what our lives could be like. If we've really understood who the Holy Spirit is. Turn with me to Acts chapter 19. As you turn there, I want to invite you. We've got a bank of questions uh, so far. Um, And I would invite you, as we're going through this, if you have a question that comes up, feel free to text me, message me on socials, uh, email me at info at renew.church. I'd love to field questions. I want to make this as practical as possible uh, in your life. So as questions come up, I want to hear them. Not now, 
but later. I want to hear them. I want to have some time to think about them. And it's entirely possible I will have no clue how to answer your question. I might just say, I don't know. I'm right there with you. Let's find out together. So, Acts chapter 19. This is the chapter that our church is founded on. This chapter in Acts, when Paul goes to the city of Ephesus, and they are starting the church in the city of Ephesus. Before this church, there was no church in Ephesus. There were synagogues, but there was no real expression of Jesus embodied in the city. And so Paul, as part of his missionary journeys, is going around, and he goes to the city of Ephesus. And in verse 1, Apollos was at Corinth. Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples, and he asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So Paul asked. They answered, No. We've not even heard of the Holy Spirit. Paul asked then, what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, Paul said. John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. Paul placed his hands on them and the Holy Spirit came on them. They spoke in different languages and prophesied. There were 12 men in all. This was the birth of the church in Ephesus. Why is it like our our verse that we're founded on? Because as the church grew, everyone in the city heard the name of Jesus. And the church of Ephesus actually changed the socioeconomic status of the city it was in because of the name of Jesus and because of the impact that it had as people came by the hundreds, by the thousands to give their lives to Jesus. And this is interesting. We'll get more into the baptism stuff in a later sermon series, but I find it interesting that these guys were baptized in John's name, like John's baptism, and now Paul was coming up and going, have you heard of the Holy Spirit? Their response was, no. What is this? Now listen, it's entirely possible that these guys had the Holy Spirit in them and was working, but they didn't even know it yet. Like they hadn't heard of the Holy Spirit. And so these guys are sitting there trying to live out their faith. And they're going, I have no idea what you're talking about, Paul. Please enlighten us. So my first question. Have you heard of the Holy Spirit? Have you heard? It's entirely possible that we, we do the, the Jesus thing. We go to church, we, we pray, we do all this stuff, but, but we don't really open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit's work in our life. Turn with me to John chapter 14. In 
in John chapter 14, we see Jesus coming to the end of his ministry and his life. And we see Jesus watching, washing the feet of his disciples. Jesus is trying to prepare them for what's to come. And he's saying, look, I'm leaving. Guys, you have to understand, I am going. And I got to imagine his followers that loved him, that followed him for three years, are sitting there going, we don't get it, Jesus. Like, like you're going to come back, right? You're going to come back as a mighty warrior. You're going to bring an army because that's what we think is going to happen with the resurrection. That's who we think this Savior is going to be. That's right, right, Jesus? Jesus goes, no. He says, if you love me, keep my commands. And Jesus says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. But Jesus, we want you. Jesus, we've lived with you. We've followed you. We've watched you. Like, we want you. And Jesus goes, listen, I am going to ask the Father, the Father, The Father and I, we're going to send someone new that is going to be your helper in life. He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he lives with you. And you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. It's an interesting dialogue where Jesus goes, look, this isn't the end of the story. I am sending the spirit who is going to be your helper, your advocate, and he will be with you. You will be with him, and it will be forever. In chapters 14, 15, and 16, we'll camp out there because that's how Jesus explains the Holy Spirit to his followers. But as Jesus is talking, he's talking about the Holy Spirit and he's referring to the Holy Spirit as a person, as a part of the Trinity. And the Trinity is this big, complex, mysterious thing that we see the Bible talks about. Jesus talks about it in this very passage. It's the Father, it's him, and then the Spirit. And we try all the time to try to Figure out what this is, what the Trinity is. And sometimes I laugh because we're like, we're trying to explain what God is. Like there's just a certain level that our brains are not going to be able to figure this out until we are with him, right? But the Trinity is the best way that the writers of Scripture and Jesus tried to explain this complex relationship going on with God. One God. Three persons, three expressions. 
one metaphor of the Trinity I heard was that, say you're taking a trip and you're trying to figure out how you're going to go on this trip and it's a trip across country and you're taking a trip and God is the one that plans the trip, right? God plans it. He plans the route. He plans the destination. Jesus is the one that pays for the trip. And the Holy Spirit is the one that's in the car with you, guiding you. I tried to write it out this way. I saw this in another sermon. It was, it was helpful to me. Because as we try to figure out what is the Holy Spirit's role, the Holy Spirit, when Jesus refers to him, seems to be a person an equal part person in the whole trinity. And you see, God, he is the creator, he is the provider. God is set apart, God is holy. We see this in the Old Testament. When Adam and Eve take the fruit, their sin enters the world, brokenness enters the world, and there is distance created. Why? Because God is holy. Sin cannot be around him. So God is creator, God is provider, God is set apart, God is holy. Where is God? Seated above, heaven. Who is Jesus? Jesus is our savior. Jesus, through his uh, death, burial, and resurrection, is our savior. He redeems us. He is our example. He is God embodied here on earth. In one translation, it says, God moved into the neighborhood. (laughs) That was Jesus. But Jesus had a mission. Jesus had something he was to do. There's a reason why when Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. It's over. Then Jesus came back. And he revealed himself to make sure his followers knew this was actually happening. So where is Jesus? Seated in heaven. Colossians 3 verse 1, the uh, verse we've been going over in the past series. Set your hearts on things above. Christ Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. So who's the Holy Spirit? Well, he's the one in the car guiding you. He is the helper. And where is he located? Right here. On earth. I don't know why, but there's, there's something to help me in this tangibly. They're like, yeah, God is in heaven. Jesus is in heaven. Like Jesus had a mission, a purpose. He said it's finished. And now they send their spirit to be on earth, to empower, to equip, to be the helper, to be the advocate. Even when you don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit is there praying with you and for you on your behalf.
Do you know this Holy Spirit? Have you heard this Holy Spirit? I like that Jesus refers to him as a person in the Trinity. One author says, a person of the Holy Spirit. If we don't recognize this, we can fall into the trap of living the Christian life in our own strength. Let me say that again. We can fall into the trap of living this Christian life in our own strength. Because we do not truly know or understand the Holy Spirit. A theologian, Thomas Oden, states, The modern tendency is to depersonalize the Spirit. And to treat God the Spirit as a reducible to a general idea of spirituality. It's interesting. If I think about the Holy Spirit as like this far off thing, like, like another illustration of, of the Trinity that maybe you've heard is like there's H2O. Well, it comes in three different forms. It's water, it's ice, and then there's this fog that happens, this vapor. And sometimes if I think of the Holy Spirit as a vapor, I can tend to reduce it to have very little power in my life, right? Like you just kind of go, yeah, it's just kind of there. I don't really know what it is, but when Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is a person. When it's a person, it's something that you and I can relate to. It's something that we can set up and have a meeting with. It's something that can be something that I depend on in my life. So he goes on, he says, if we think the Holy Spirit is an impersonal force, then we will be unwilling to rely on the Holy Spirit to help us overcome the challenges of life. But as Jesus so clearly teaches in John chapter 14 to 16, the Holy Spirit is a person with thoughts, emotions, plans, and power to fulfill those plans. Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the counselor, the helper, the advocate. And then tells his disciples that it's better to have the Holy Spirit with them than to have Jesus with them. Have you heard of this Holy Spirit? I'm excited for what we're going to get into in the next few weeks. In my prayer is that as we focus on the Holy Spirit, that our understanding would begin to change. That that the Holy Spirit would reveal who he is. And so all I'm asking is for you just to lean in. Wherever you're at, lean in. Throughout the Old and New Testament, uh, there's a, two words. There's a Hebrew word and a Greek word for Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, it's ruach. Say ruach. Beautiful. In the New Testament, it's pneuma. Say pneuma. What do both those words mean? Breath. Both those words 
are interpreted in their languages to mean breath. And here's my invitation for us. We see in Genesis, the Trinity is on the scene. Hovering over the waters, we see God, the creator, creating all of these things. And then when it gets to creating humans, what happens? God is creating, God is creating, God is creating, God is creating. And all of a sudden, let us create. Adam and Eve made in our image. And what does it say? God is gathering up the dirt. He's making Adam. Breathes into him. His breath creates life. Then fast forward. Acts chapter 2. Jesus is with his followers. Jesus is saying, hey, look, I know this is great and all, but there's somebody coming that's better than me. There is a helper that's coming. And then we see the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly... A sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And we see the early church explode. We see them filled with power. We see them filled with generosity. We see them on a mission to go and preach the gospel. We see lives change. We see the the Holy Spirit working to bring people together so that they can hear the gospel and have their lives transformed. Like the book of Acts is absolutely amazing. But it starts with the Holy Spirit coming on the followers of Jesus in a big, violent wind. Do you know what that word wind means in the original Greek? Breath. So, we have God, the Holy Spirit in the beginning, breathing life into Humans that are made in his image. We see Jesus going up to heaven, seated at the right hand of his Father. And we see the Holy Spirit breathe into the followers to make them what? Come alive. The very God that was there in creation, breathing life into creation in Jesus and now you and me is around us, breathing life into us. So, as we move on in this series, the invitation is this. Wherever you're at, 
is to pray this prayer because it's the one that I'm praying for myself. It's the one that I'm praying for our church. It's the one that I'm praying for the big C church in our community, in our nation, and in our world. And it's simply this. Holy Spirit, breathe on me. Breathe into me. Breathe into us as the church. Make us come alive. As the worship team comes up, let me pray for us. Holy Spirit, I pray as we read your word, as we dig for answers to questions that may or may not be able to be answered, I pray that you would open the eyes of our hearts and that you would give us understanding. You would reveal yourself as part of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And that you would breathe into us. And that we would come alive. We'd come alive to ourselves. We'd come alive in our families. We'd come alive as a church. And that we'd be filled with boldness, with generosity with passion, with faith when we're afraid and it's time to step out and tell somebody about Jesus because we think you're working and you're leading us to somebody that needs to hear about Jesus. I pray you give us faith to actually let the words come out of our mouth. I pray that it's by your power that our lives would be transformed. As you breathe into us. In your holy name we pray, amen.